With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Right now, one in seven people around the world needs a pair of glasses but can't get them. That's why OneSight exists, to help people everywhere get the glasses they need to learn more, earn more, and see a clearer future. How can you support OneSight's mission in communities around the world? All it takes is a simple donation to improve someone's life by giving them clear vision. Donate today at OneSight.org. That's O-N-E-S-I-G-H-T dot org. Hey everyone, Happy New Year. Welcome to the first episode of the Let Freedom Ring podcast of 2021. Um, as those of you who are looking at me right now, we have the video podcast back. We have a great episode in tune for the day. I mean, there will be a lot of episode to cover um, next next Monday with uh, obviously um, just uh, two days from now on Wednesday, the, uh, the, uh, the Congress will be meeting to certify uh, the electoral college or lack thereof, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll see. I know, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but first and foremost, um, I want to, you know, this is going to be a special thing for those of you who are watching the video. I'll make sure you guys can see it, but for the other, for those of you who are listening, I'll make sure you hear it, uh, on the audio podcast. Definitely, uh, before you, before you get going, make sure you like and share this. Uh, we are fastly becoming one of the largest growing conservative podcasts in the country. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube or or listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, make sure you subscribe and uh, share it with your friends. So as many of you guys know, I live in Georgia, greatest state in the country, hands down, better than Texas, greatest state in the country. Well, obviously in Georgia, as you guys know, the day of this being posted, I'm recording this on Saturday night, the day of this being posted, there will be, or the day after this being posted, there will be two Senate uh, elections for uh, John Ossoff, uh, versus David Perdue and then Kelly Leffler versus Raphael Warnock. This will control whether or not we have a 50-50 Senate or a 52-48 Senate, which will be really important because as Dinesh D'Souza has said, and as I've said on this podcast many times, quoting Dinesh D'Souza, whether Trump wins or not, whether Trump is inaugurated on January 20th or not, we need a Republican Senate. So it's important to make sure that if you live in Georgia, it's not too late to get, get out and vote and make sure you get out and vote because it's super important. I've been working very closely with both campaigns, trying to get out the vote, and it's super important. I can tell you these are going to be super, super close. Don't think that we have it automatically, just because of, just because it's it's a red state. So I got this this letter in the mail, and I will let you guys see it. For those of you who are watching the video, and for those of you who are reading on the audio, I promise I didn't make this up. It's from Val. Uh, it says it's a little postcard. It says Happy Holidays. Um, this was sent December 21st. It says voting is your superpower. It says valued voter. I will definitely have, it says valued voter. And then it has my address. It says elect Democrats, Ossoff and Warnock for Senate and Daniel Blackman for public service commission. Another runoff election that we're having. That's not as important. Return your absentee ballot ASAP and make history. Our plan to vote early in person, which began December 14th vote. 
from Val. Val seems nice. So for those of you who are looking, not sure if that looks as clear to you as it does to me. It's from Santa Clarita, California. From Santa Clarita, California, Valerie makes wants to make sure that I get out and vote. Now, I'm not quite sure how many people have moved out of California this year, but I will be Googling it as we speak. That it, it it's absolute if they're not working for California, if Democrat policies aren't working for California, well, that's absolutely crazy. Uh, ABC 10 is reporting that for the second year in a row, more people left the state than moved there. The result was a net migration loss of 135,000 people. 135,000 people. This they, people, A lot of people are saying that in the um, in the reapportionment that happens, there will they might lose a seat or two, which will be really interesting. But let's get into the news today. So we have we have a few good news. We have a we have a really good guest coming on later. We have we have a lot of good news uh, to get to, but before we do. Uh, the guy, the guest coming on later is Gabe Kaminsky, uh, fellow at the Heritage Foundation. So let, let's start with some kind of funny news, and then we'll get into the more serious news. Uh, we'll start with with the sports disaster. This is per Breitbart. It says pro sports suffer rating disasters, lose billions in revenue in 2020. The picture is a as a picture of I'm am I'm am I'm, I'm gonna suppose it's the f- defensive line from the Bears um, kneeling. And it goes on to say that the year of the coronavirus is a major disaster for professional sports as every league suffered rating th- ratings declined and lost billions in revenue in 2020. TV viewership was not off by just a little either. It was on off on average of 50% over last year's numbers. Even though many Americans were stuck home at their jobs, as their jobs and cities were shut down, TV viewership for sports still cratered. According to Front Office Sports, one of the golf's one of golf's big games, the U.S. Open, lost 56% of viewers in 2019. Basketball suffered greatly as well. The NBA's finals were down 49% over last year. Tennis Open also catered, losing 45%. Well, who, 45% of people who watch tennis is like 40 people. Okay, that's not, that's not big news. Over 2019's games, but the worst of all was hockey's Stanley Cup, which lost 60. Thus far, the NFL is also catering, being down at least 7% over last year. It has been so consistently bad this year that advertisers are starting to rise up to demand concessions for their high advertising spending since the viewership has been falling, failing, falling each week. The ratings this year are so bad that the NFL has been offering make goods to advertisers who spent vast sums of cash to appear on TV during games are now finding far fewer viewers than they were promised. TV ratings are the least of the problems facing pro sports, though. Revenue has imploded. They're, they're wondering why. So, as many people know, obviously this year has been absolutely crazy. This year has been crazy. But the reason that sports have not been going as well as normal, they've really been declining since the since the era of Colin Kaepernick. Since the era of woke wokeness being in it. I don't watch football to be lectured about about politics. I do politics... Too many hours a week. Too many too many of my hours every week are spent watching, spent talking about politics. I I, can't, I I clear out a few times of the week to watch football. And here recently, it's been a lot more college. Uh, Go Dogs, as many of you know, live in the great state of Georgia. We just won over Cincinnati in a last-minute feat, and I'm very happy about it. Go Dogs. Um, unfortunately, the Georgia boy from from Georgia just got to the national in Justin Fields. Um Honestly, hope he beats Bama. I'm going to make it sure anybody but Bama. But the reason that this is failing, the reason that sports are failing on such a grand scale in terms of viewership is because 
Nobody wants to get on TV and watch these people who make millions and millions and millions of dollars a year tell us in, in regular America about how we're bad, about how we're not woke enough. Because frankly, they're out of touch. These people have spent years and years and years playing football and only having to worry about football. They got full rides to college, the vast majority of them. And now they get paid millions of dollars a year. Even the people who sit on the bench the entire year get paid millions of dollars. Now, me personally, I'm a Packers fan. I've been a Packers fan since they beat the Steelers in in the Super Bowl, like in 2010. I've been a Packers fan for a decade. And the reason, and it really saddens me every time I see that Aaron Rodgers is on the news talking about politics because Aaron Rodgers is not, excuse me, a very conservative guy. He's not very conservative. Now, can throw a football like no other. One of the most talented people to ever play a, play the sport of football. But politically speaking, I don't know if he's he's not. I don't. He's not somebody I agree with, and that's why, you know, I still watch the games. But not everybody's like me. Not everybody can tune out the fact that Aaron Rodgers has made very wild claims sometimes. Now I support you know the Packers, big Packers guy, but I think that the Packers also need to take a lot of time to realize that it's not just about the Packers. It's about football. It's not just about, you know, being woke. Now, of course the NBA has taken a loss too. LeBron James says some outlandish things, but TV viewership is down. So another thing to get into is we'll we'll get into this and then we'll get into Georgia and then that will lead into uh, our guest. So this comes from, uh, I got to, I got to, Got a message on my Twitter at the you know a ring. Definitely go follow it if you don't. That uh, was from a girl named Tabitha Morris, I believe. Tabitha Morris, and she, um, she is the, the title. This comes from ReclaimTheNet.org. It says, "Activists get Kentucky woman fired from twenty-year job and shut down her GoFundMe after she criticized Black Lives Matter." This is by Tom Parker at ReclaimTheNet.org. Uh, It says, instead of debating against points they disagree with online, activists are getting people shut down. In recent months, cancel culture has gone into overdrive with many people losing their livelihoods, reputations, or jobs for expressing their opinions online. This usually happens after activists target individuals over their online posts, find out where they're employed, and then bombard their employer with messages and phone calls until they're terminated. In many cases, just a single tweet, statement, or video is all it takes for an individual to be targeted and subject to a pressure campaign that results in them losing their job. After license, hearing instrument specialist Tabitha Morris from Paducah, Kentucky, posted a three-minute video on June 9th where she stated that she doesn't support the Black Lives Matter movement. She not only lost her job, but continued to be targeted after being fired and ended up having her GoFundMe mass reported and taken down. Morris told Reclaim the Net that she posted the video after feeling frustrated, about the then-recent riots, lootings, and, quote, the senseless murders of innocent black Americans amid this chaos, including the murder of black former police chief David Dorn, who was shot and killed by looters while attempting to protect a pawn shop. This is absolutely crazy. Before I keep reading on, this is absolutely crazy that people are losing their livelihoods for saying that Black Lives Matter, the organization, supports things that it shouldn't. It supports un-American things. They... It's absolutely crazy. I support the people who support Black Lives Matter, support them 100%. But Black Lives Matter as a whole, as the organization, you can go to actblue.com and figure out that they vote, that they donate overwhelmingly to Democrats. They raise money. And not to mention, I just made a TikTok about this the other day. If you don't know, follow me on TikTok, the you know ring. It's been 
Let me. I should pull this up. How many? Hold on. Give me one second. So on December 11th, New York Post uh, put out a thing saying Black Lives Matter says Biden Harris have been silent on meeting request. Black Lives Matter is putting forth putting the forthcoming Biden Harris administration on notice for failing to respond to a meeting request from the group, saying it had been 32 days. 32 days. That was December 14th. So let's say 32 days from December 14th. What's that? Roughly 50, roughly 50 days since they've requested a meeting and there's still not been a meeting. 50 days. And this is what we've been trying to say. Black Lives Matter, I believe, has good intentions, the people who support it. But the organization itself donates overwhelmingly to the Democrats. They've been around since 2013, and not one one president has listened to them. Barack Obama did not take a meeting with them either. So, not one sitting president. Now, when they're running for president, they're big fans, but not one sitting president has, has listened to them, has taken a meeting with them. So... This comes on the backs of, of course, a lot of people are starting to have disdain of it. A lot of people are starting to realize or starting to wish that they voted uh, for, 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 for Donald Trump. Donald Trump has done more for the black community than any president since since um, Abraham Lincoln. All right, it goes on to say, in June and in the June 9th video, Morris said she doesn't support the Black Lives Matter movement and won't apologize for or bow down for being white. The problem is not white people. The problem is not police officers, Morris said in the video. She then cited crime statistics about police officers killing more white Americans than black Americans and the overall crime rates of crime rates of the black Americans compared with the white Americans, a sentiment that has also since caused others to lose their jobs and students to be expelled from colleges. Morris told Reclaim the Net that after she had posted the video, many online users started sending her, quote, death threats and vile messages of hate and pressured her employer, Baptist Health Hospital, to terminate her. They found out where I was employed and made an organized effort to have me terminated. Over 1,000 calls and emails were sent to the HR department that they either fired me or they would riot and protest, Morris told Reclaim the Net. Morris then made a second video on June 10th where she discussed the threats and organized efforts to get her fired and said that she doesn't support Black Lives Matter because they don't care about all black lives. And instead, quote, the, other, the only thing they concentrate on is black lives that are killed by white people or white police officers. She had a quote, I have worked at the job for 20 years and I've treated white kids, black kids, Mexican kids, all different races, and I love each other and every one of them. But it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I do. You're going to spread this and you're going to call me a race. You're going to call me a racist anyway, and you're going to ruin my life. On June 11th, Morris said she was told by the HR department that she was terminated effective immediately because of the attention her Facebook video had received and threats of protest. The online activist who had targeted Morris demanded a public statement which was posted to the Baptist Health Hospital Facebook page on the same day. They said, quote, Our mission at Baptist Health is to provide high-quality, compassionate care to all of our patients. Baptist Health does not tolerate disrespectful conduct or discrimination of any form. It has come to our attention that an employee recently made statements on social media which do not reflect the values of Baptist Health and have caused disruption to our ability to carry out our mission to our patients and employees. The individual is no longer employed by Baptist Health. Baptist Health does not tolerate dis- disrespectful conduct or discrimination of any form. Well, I don't see Baptist Health criticizing the riots. I don't see Baptist Health criticizing that. I- I've I've spent many I've spent a lot of time in Paducah, Kentucky. I've spent a lot of time there. Some of the listeners here from Paducah who know me 
No, I've spent a lot of time there. This is absolutely crazy. It goes on to say, but Morris, but Morris's firing in the public statement from Baptist Health Hospital didn't stop some BLM supporters from continue, continuing to target her. On June 12th, Morris appeared on the Todd Starnes radio show, no Todd, to tell her the side of the story, and she was advised by Starnes to set up a GoFundMe account for financial support. But after setting up GoFundMe, some some of the BLM supporters organized again, promoted a change.org petition to have her fundraiser stopped, and and succeeded in having her GoFundMe shut down and all the money refunded. They said, the change.org said, it was terminate Tabitha Morris's GoFundMe campaign. 1,600 people have signed. It said, y'all know what to do. Sign and share. Applying pressure continues. It, this is absolutely, this is absolutely despicable. This is why, people don't understand, this is why Donald Trump was elected. He was elected because people like this think that the act of being conservative and not agreeing with somebody is is worthy of your entire life being canceled. That that That's what they believe. She went on to say, quote, I was told that no matter what I did to financially support my family, they would stop it. Morris told Reclaim the Net. They'll make sure I never I never get another job in healthcare again. Before the game fund me was taken down, some BLM supporters also continued targeting Morris through her campaign's contact form and told her that they would be flagging the campaign until it was taken down. So one person said... Uh, this was sent from, I guess, an email. I hope you never find a job. You cannot be racist and work in the medical field. You got what you deserved. Karma is a B, and she got you good. Me and everyone on my social media, as well as everyone I know, will be reporting your GoFundMe page every day until it gets taken down. Have a nice day. Um, another one said, you're a racist, and you deserve to be fired. I hope this gets shut down. Stop being a piece of S and learn your lesson. Maybe stop being racist and get a new job. Scumbag. PA, this has been reported over a hundred times as your lies have been shared all over social media. Another one. The fact that you think that you have a right, you have uh, the right to request money is sad and you should be embarrassed. People like who think there is no problem is because you are the problem. You lost your job for being a dumb B and you will lose the court case because you're a dumb B. The reason you were fired is because you are ignorant excuse for what a person to think it is okay to say what you say so we have a potion to get this whole thing reported and shut down they meant petition by the way you are what is wrong with this country you will finally see what it is like to not be privileged and you deserve that this is just karma to your ignorance enjoy the life you made for yourself so first off that person needs to go back to school because there were there wasn't a comma in that whole thing Morris also told Reclaim the Net that the threats have extended to anyone who supports her and people are terrified to speak out against this organization for fear of retribution, loss of business, termination from employment, or any other way this organization can destroy your life. Morris added that she contacted attorneys to defend her position, but her search has been futile. Quote, what has happened to me and others should never be allowed to happen to anyone else. I do not have a degree. I spent the last 20 years at this practice, starting at minimum wage and worked my way up with hard work, continue education, and dedication. All of that has been taken from me over a three-minute video stating I did not support a movement and I would not apologize for being born white. Morse's experience is one of many similar stories where people have been targeted and punished for voicing their opinions, often losing their jobs, online accounts, or quitting their careers because of their social media posts. It's absolutely sad. This is 100% sad that this lady, Tabitha, who messaged me personally, and this is how I found out about the story. I wish she would have messaged me sooner because I'd have been talking about this every week. It's absolutely sad that she went through all this, lost her job, lost her livelihood because she 
believes what half of Americans believe. There are a lot of people, I, I know people on the left who say that they support Black Lives Matter. The, they support the supporters of Black Lives Matter, but not Black Lives Matter as a whole. I think the people who go to these protests overwhelmingly are good. I, I've, I've been to Black Lives Matter protests. They're overwhelmingly peaceful. But Black Lives Matter, the organization, is something that is should be investigated. Because it, it seems like, I think the vast majority of their money goes to supporting politicians. And I don't know if that's legal or not. I don't know if it's legal to support money saying it's going to one thing and then give it to politicians. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. But it's absolutely just... It's absolutely despicable that this has happened, personally speaking. Um, I have definitely done everything I can do for Tabitha. I'm trying to, you know, reach out to people on bigger uh, publications to see if they can help. But it's absolutely terrible. And this is why Donald Trump got elected. Donald Trump got elected because of supposed activists and woke folk like like the ones who have done this to Tabitha. I mean, I don't know her personally. I've spent a lot of time in Paducah. And I think that she needs help. She needs people to help her and to defend this because it's absolutely sad. But to get into our, our uh, final story before we have on our guest, um, no, sorry, two more stories kind of go hand in hand. So we'll get into this story first. Um, Facebook says automated quote, automated errors, shut down fundraising page for GOP Senate candidates, automated errors. Big tech is at it again, says Republican Senate group. Facebook is claiming that, quote, an automated error accidentally shut down a fundraising page for Republican candidates in Georgia's runoff elections just days ahead of the race. That's when most money is spent. Most money is spent like four days before the race. The National Republican Senatorial Committee posted on Twitter on Friday that Facebook, quote, shut down the ad account for the Georgia Battleground Fund, a joint fundraising committee for the NRSC, Senate candidate David Perdue and Senate candidate Kelly Leffler. This is unacceptable with only four days to the election. Facebook, had blah, blah, blah. Oh, so it shows the tweet. The company... In shutting down the page, cited alleged deceptive or misleading policy violations. Facebook letters said the controversy was caused by an unspecified technical mishap. An automated error caused this ad account to be disabled. The company told media the account has since been restored. Georgia Senate runoff elections triggered when no candidate won a majority. Blah, blah, blah. Why is it only Republicans that this happens to? Why doesn't Joe Biden's page ever get ever get striked? Now, I don't know what's going to happen, and our guest is coming on shortly. We'll have more um, we'll have more to say about, about Georgia. That's what uh, he, he wants to talk about. So let's get into this last story before we have him on. Uh, GOP senators, including Cruz and Blackburn, to reject the electors from disputed states on January 6th. GOP senators, including, quote, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican Texas, Marsha Blackburn, Republican Tennessee, Steve, Doan, Steve Daines, Republican um, Montana, John Kennedy of Louisiana and Mike Braun of Indiana are joining Senator Josh Howley in objecting to the electoral votes they announced on Saturday in a joint statement. I also There's also four other senator-elects, including Tommy Tuberville and a few others. The senators and incoming lawmakers include Cynthia-elect uh, Lummis, Roger Marshall, Kansas, Bill Haggerty, Tennessee, and Tommy Tuberville, Alabama, released a joint statement on Saturday expressing their intent to, quote, reject the electors from disputed states on January 6th, explaining that the 2020 presidential election featured unprecedented amounts of voter fraud violations and law enforcement of Election Day and other voting irregularities, and those allegations are not believed just by one individual candidate and said they are widespread, and lawmakers said, citing a Reuters 
Ipsos poll showing that over one third of Americans or 40% believe that the election was rigged. This belief is held by 70 or 67% of Republicans, 17% of uh, Democrats and 31% of independents. The Republicans said, meaning that some members of Congress disagree as do many of the media, but whether or not our elected officials or journalists believe it, the deep distrust of our democratic processes will not magically disappear. It should concern us all, and it poses an ongoing threat to the legitimacy of any subsequent administrations. They continued, explaining that in an ideal world, the courts would have heard evidence and resolved these claims of serious election fraud. The Supreme Court, however, declined to do so on two, two occasions. On January 6th, it is the incumbent on, on, Congre- on Congress to vote on whether to certify the 2020 election results. That vote is a lone constitutional power remaining to consider the force to consider enforced resolution of the multiple allegations of serious voter fraud. They said explaining the long precedent of democratic members of Congress raising objections to presidential elections as they did in 1969, 2001, 2005, and 2017. Basically anytime they've lost this, this century. Um, they wrote, and in both 1969 and 2005, a Democratic senator joined with Democratic House members enforcing votes in both houses on whether to accept the presidential electors being challenged. The most direct precedent on this question arose in 1877 following serious allegations of fraud and illegal conduct in the Hayes-Tilden presidential race. Specifically, the elections in three states, Florida, Louisiana, and South Carolina, were alleged to have been conducted illegally. In 1877, Congress did not ignore those allegations, nor did the media simply dismiss them. Those raising them as radicals trying to undermine undermine democracy and said Congress appointed an electoral commission consisting of five senators, five House members, and five Supreme Court justices to consider and resolve the disputed returns. We should follow that precedent, to which Congress should immediately appoint an electoral commission with full investigatory and fact-finding authority to conduct an emergency 10-day audit of the election returns in the, in the disputed states. Once completed, individual states would evaluate the commission's finding and they could convene a special session to certify and change the vote if needed. Look, so basically, for those of you who are thinking this is crazy, I thought it was crazy at once too, but since I've done more research, to those of you thinking this is crazy, basically all they want is they want the ability to investigate. They say the Supreme Court has not done it. State courts have not done it. They have not even heard the evidence. They just want the ability to investigate. I'm assuming it'd be bipartisan, but they just want the ability to investigate these claims, as they should be. All these claims should be investigated. And so give them 10 days. That's January 16th. Yeah, that's January 16th. You still have four days of the inauguration. You have a president. That's all they're saying is it should be looked at. They should look into them to see whether or not there was fraud. That's all they're saying. And if there was, well, then the states can convene and reapportion their electors. And if there's not, well, who? too bad. Nothing changed. That's all they're saying. It'll be really telling to see which Republicans don't sign on to this measure. Uh, so far, I believe 140 House members led by Lance Gooden, friend of the show, um, and Republican senators led by Ted Cruz, Josh Howley, uh, have said that they will do it. So we'll see what goes on with that, and we'll see what how that how that ends up. But I think that it's it's really important for um, for people to believe for people to believe that that this was taken. Seriously. And without further ado, let's welcome on uh, Heritage Foundation fellow Gabe Kaminsky to talk more about the Georgia elections. How's it going? My name is Gabe Kaminsky. I'm a Spring Fellow at the Heritage Foundation in Religious and Family Liberty. Um, I, I've published uh, different political commentary in Town Hall, Daily Wire, Washington Times, and I'm a contributor for uh, Christian Toto's conservative news website, Hollywood and Toto. 
um, and junior at the University of Pittsburgh in the College of Republicans, and I'm happy to be here today. Yeah, we're glad to have you, Gabe. Uh, I did hear him say before uh, we started recording that he thinks Georgia is the best state in the country. So so happy to have that on record from Gabe. Um, Gabe, you you I, I read your piece about about John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, obviously the two people running for the U.S. Senate here in Georgia, and what that what it would mean if they were elected. Do you mind elaborating a little bit for the listeners? Sure. I mean, I think what I largely was talking about in my article and what I think I tried to centralize is the fact that um, uh, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler are not two particularly necessarily appealing candidates. I think that Kelly Loeffler has a lot of uh, previous ties to Democratic politicians having previously donated to Hillary Clinton, uh, Senator Chris Dobbs, Senator David Stabenow, uh, Debbie Stabenow, and Georgia Congressman David Scott. Um, Loeffler is also the owner of the Atlanta Dream and WNBA, who has been pro-Planned Parenthood, um, has called for, to donate to Planned Parenthood pretty frequently, is Black Lives Matter, supports Black Lives Matter, and has ties to um, Stacey Abrams, who sits on the board of the team. Um, so generally, my idea in the article is that the we have to win this Georgia Senate election to deter against the radicalism that is uh, abundantly apparent in particularly Raphael Warnock, who um, is a self-espoused Marxist, supports abortion on the ninth uh, month, and wants to repeal the Hyde Amendment, um, you know, bans taxpayer funds for abortion except in cases of rape or incest. And um, this is the same guy who said killing babies is consistent with biblical values, compared Israel to South African apartheid in 2015. Um, so I look at this election and I say, look, the Democratic coalition, the squad is growing, um, and we have to win this election to, to, to to deter against this coming progressivism. <laughs> no, I think you're 100% right. I mean, I obviously you're you're lucky being in Pittsburgh, but living in Georgia the last 6 7 weeks have been nothing but seeing those four faces on, on my on my uh TV. Um and I think you're right especially in terms of Raphael Warnock and what has came out here recently about him uh supposedly running over his wife's foot allegedly. Uh, stuff like that, which is which is crazy. What's coming out about the daycare camp, uh, the child camp in, in Maryland, I believe it was. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's important to remember that this Kelly Leffler, who who I think is the least popular of the two Republicans on the ballot, she's running really to to finish out the two years that Senator Isaacson was elected to in 2016. She's running to fill out, remember that two years. And there was a formidable opponent against her in 20, just last year, uh, in the jungle primary in Doug Collins. And my case to the Republican voters of Georgia have been, hey, you might not love Leffler 100%. I completely agree. I support you. I, I support what, what you believe, but better than better than Warnock. So why should people then, why should people who may have either voted for Shane Hazel, the libertarian candidate, or voted for not Rafi, or voted and one of the other like 13 people on the ballot and on the Kelly Warnock race, why should they then go and vote for uh, David Perdue and Kelly Leffler in Georgia? Well, look, particularly David Perdue, David Perdue has a strong history of um, he's aligned with president Trump pretty strongly. Uh, you know, he voted against the $854 billion defense spending deal with only a couple other congressmen, Jeff Flake, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Ben Sassy, and Pat Toomey. Um, and, and David Perdue is a friend of Israel. He co-sponsored the Israel Anti-Boycott Act. Um, so, you know, I think in general, and, and, and Kelly Loeffler, ultimately, 
I think she has her vices. I think um, she certainly is a sort of big money financial um, Republican, and and that is not necessarily um, not a populist appeal in that sense. But um, I think ultimately um, Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue need to be voted for um, because we need to vote against this radicalism. And I think ultimately we will see that, um, especially in the Loeffler race, that um, the 900,000 votes that went to Representative Doug Collins, who, you know, Trump and Donald Trump Jr. certainly were bidding to get elected, those votes should certainly go to Loeffler, and, and that should be a big swing in the election. Um, no, so, I, you know, I that, completely that's agree. And if you add up, I believe, all the Republican votes versus all the Democratic votes in the election, um, even like the few independents who ran, I think Republicans won that race by like a percentage or two. And obviously, David Perdue got like 49.97% of the vote and uh, John Ossoff got like 47.2 or something like that. So, you know, I think that Republicans right now, <clears throat> if they get out and vote, this this episode will be coming out obviously on Monday, the day before the election. If Republicans get out and vote in droves the way we did in November, I think this, this election is safe. Um, but what do you what do you make of, all right, so let's say that somebody is listening to you uh, and listening to this podcast and they go, you know what, I, I wasn't going to vote, but I'm almost sold. What can you say the this election isn't one of those elections where oh it's not that important they say it's so important it's not that important what what does this mean for the future for the next four years of America as we know it what does this election mean moving forward well look I think it's major you know the Democrats um, they've gone very radical and um, you know they Biden and that. The uh, squad cohort, not that Biden is necessarily in that cohort, but he is certainly his radical policies. They've supported, you know, eliminating the filibuster, conferring Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood, which is something John Ostoff has harped on pretty frequently. Um, and uh, and packing the Supreme Court, which will completely decimate any uh, fairness we have in this country and politicize the court. Um, uh, I think it's important to remember that, um, you know, the Democrats are completely calling on you know, they, they've completely gone radical, gone rogue, especially with you look at uh, the defund the police movement. And, uh, you know, they, regardless of the vices, again, of Loeffler and Purdue, um, the Republicans right now are the party of law and order, um, you know, and we need to centralize that and uh, um, no, make sure I, we I go agree 100 percent. I mean, moving forward, we need there there needs to be a check on what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have, have not not that they want to do what they've said they've done. He's done everything except right. say he won't pack the court. He he has mentioned that he would like to put up a committee to, to pack it. If you want the economy to be as robust as it has been the last couple of years, obviously this year being an anomaly, it's important to make sure that we don't have, you know, basically a 51-50 uh, Democratic majority in the Senate that can raise your taxes, that can repeal the Hyde Amendment, as you said, at D.C. and Puerto Rico estates. It's important to make sure that we have that moving forward. Uh, one thing I do want to get on to you, what do you think about uh, what's going on in the next uh, about two days from the day of this being published uh, in in the in, in Congress with the certification of the election? What, what do you make of that? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think that uh, certainly conservatives have been hanging on to this. Um, that, you know, President Trump is our president. Uh, we duly elected him and uh, we want to back him. Um, however, I think it's important to remember that uh, President Trump's litigation has failed in many regards. And 
unfortunately, there is about you know a very slim possibility that he's not going to win the election. And I think it's important for um, the Republican Party to move forward and um, and focus on Georgia. Um, and I think that in my town hall article, that's why I harped. The fo- focus was all eyes on Georgia because I think um, Trump's litigation has unfortunately failed. Um, Joe Biden is the president-elect. He will be president. Um, and it's important to not to understand that this election um, was a victory in many regards. You know, you had a 32 percent um, Asian turnout. Um, you had a 12 percent African-American turnout for President Trump, which is double that of um, double that of Senator Mitt Romney and uh, actually a fourth more about a fourth more than um, John McCain in 2000, 2008. Um, so. You know, this election, um, we, we need to remember that um, we can't be bogged down in the presidential election. It's time to move forward and move forward um, right. confidently. So my basic uh, premise on on it is I, I haven't seen um, evidence overwhelmingly of voter fraud. It may be out there. I, I, there's been so many things posted uh, from sites that are less than reputable that uh, make it whether or not, you know, is it true, is it not? Um, so my, my opinion on it has been, and obviously this is what's going to happen because of how many senators have signed on, um, is that, Hey, so many, I think something like 67% of Republicans, 30% of independents, 17% of Democrats think that there was widespread voter fraud or something to that, to that effect. Why not just, uh, what, what the Republicans want to do is they want to basically appoint basically uh, a group of congressmen, senators, and I believe judges to look at look at all the evidence and make their mind up. And if that's what they want to do, I mean, I completely support it. I think obviously more information is always good. Um, I do think it's going to be little to no prevail. And and I want to extend a big thank you to Gabe for for coming on. Uh, Gabe, for people who are listening and they want to stay in touch with you and continue listening to what you're doing, where can they find you at? Yeah, you can uh, tweet me at Gabe underscore underscore Kaminsky because. Gabe mm-hmm. underscore Kaminsky was already taken on Twitter. Um, and awesome. Well, Twitter Gabe, thank guy you so much for coming on again. And I look forward me. to covering your work uh, as the years go on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And there we go, folks. We just had on Gabe Kaminsky, Heritage Spring Fellow, uh, somebody who I just met not too long ago, but I think that he will be a, a big voice in politics as we move forward. Um, this pretty much wraps up this episode of the, this week's episode of the Let Frame Ring podcast. I do, <clears throat> I will be watching very in-depth on Wednesday to see what happens. I've been in talks with a lot, because as you guys know, as the day I'm recording this, on I'm recording this little part Sunday night, Um, the, the new Congress just got sworn, 41-ish new Republican uh, congressmen, a couple of senators, senator, two, two, two Republican senators, I believe. Um, it'll be really interesting to see, interesting to see what happens uh, on Wednesday. But uh, we will definitely be uh be back here one week from today with another great episode thank you guys for tuning in to the let friend ring podcast with mailchimp you get more than a url you get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales with things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools get started today at mailchimp.com smart marketing mailchimp built for growing businesses ever get homesick for anywhere but home as you make your return to travel Let the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card help you reach new destinations and find new appreciation for the places you know and love. Expand your world and go boundless with the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Learn more at marriottbonvoy.com forward slash chase cards. 
Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.